Listen, as the minstrels continue just to lead us in worship, I want to put your focus today on, on our text, which comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. And before we jump into the text, I want to just point out what John is doing here in chapter 4. I think it's something pretty dope. It's something pretty amazing. If you remember last week, we, we talked a little bit about how we've got the four synoptic gospels. We've got Matthew, we've got Mark, we've got Luke, we've got John, and how each of these gospel writers all wrote uh, from a different perspective of their encounter as it relates to the life and ministry of Jesus. And the one thing that's really unique and the one thing that I love about John is that John focuses on this perspective of God, that God is for all people, right? We're in an inclusive church, aren't we? John's perspective in the gospel of John is written from an inclusive perspective. That's why we find the words in John. John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world. So John chapter 4, we got history, way, way, way back. We go way, way, way back. John chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from the International Children's Bible. And, um, if you have it, or if you don't have it, will you just rest on your feet today? John chapter 4. Fresh fry, y'all feeling all right? Y'all holler at me, y'all make some noise in here. Think of fresh fire. I think, listen, this place ought to always stay lit. Y'all ought, ought to come in for starting some stuff. Y'all ought to come in igniting some stuff. Y'all ought to come in already on fire. Fresh fire, make some noise in this place. Go way, way back. John chapter 4. Y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Hallelujah. John chapter 4. These are the words that I believe the Lord has for us today. John wrote about this inclusive gospel. He wrote this inclusive gospel. And what I loved about his gospel, Sister Brittany, is that John's gospel was a little bit different from all of the other gospel writers. John focused on the healings of everybody, from the Samaritan woman to the pool at Bethesda. It, it was an inclusive gospel. Here we are, John chapter 4, verse 46. The Bible says that Jesus went to visit Cana in Galilee again. Somebody say again. Listen, y'all can't say it like that, though. Y'all... You got to say it like you shocked. Jesus went back to Canaan. Y'all got to say it like, again? Again? 
Jesus went to visit Canaan Galilee again. Jesus is now at the same place where he turned water into wine. One of the king's important officials lived in a city called Capernaum. And this official had heard that Jesus had come back from Judea and was now in Galilee. He went to Jesus and begged Jesus to come with him back to Capernaum and heal his son. His son was almost dead. But Jesus said to him, you people must see signs and miracles before you believe in me. The officer said, sir, come before my child dies. Jesus answered and said, go. Your son is well. The man went on his way. As he went, one of the servants came and met him and told him that your son is well. The man asked, what time did my son begin to get well? The man answered and said, it was about one o'clock yesterday when the fever left him. The father knew that one o'clock was the exact time that Jesus said, your son will live. So the man and all of the people in his household believed in Jesus. You got to get 54 because this really is the key today. This was the second miracle that Jesus did after coming from Galilee, from Judea to Galilee. Listen, will you do me a favor? Will you find the person closest to you before you sit down? Listen, I need you to make eye contact with this person. Make eye contact with them and tell them, listen, sometimes it takes me a minute, but I'm really not worried because I got receipts. Listen, I refuse to be in the wrong church this Sunday. I'm preaching to the folk today that's got a record. You've got a receipt of some stuff that God has. So, so listen, listen, a few weeks ago, Minister Brandon, I, I went to Walmart. And I went to Walmart on my lunch break. Listen, that's not, not a really a wise decision to make, especially going to Walmart when you're in a hurry. Do you ever notice, too, that it's in the moments that when you're in a hurry that everyone else isn't? You know, you ever kind of running late for work and you doing 65, 80, and everybody else wants to go below the speed limit? It's, it's always in the moments when you're in a hurry that everyone else seems to be taking their time. Listen, and so I don't go to Walmart often, Sister Liz, but when I do get a chance to go, I'm a fan of the self-checkout. I'm a fan of the self-checkout. Listen, I just, I try to value my time. Let me just get on in and get out. But all of the self-checkout lines, Minister Bree, 
were all closed. So I found myself in Walmart with just a couple of lanes that were open, and here I am in a hurry. Listen, so I get, I get, I get in line, and this lady, she's checking me out, and man, did she move so slow. She, she took her time. She commented on my shirt. She commented on the weather. She commented on the staff, and I was in a hurry. So finally, I, I get what I need, and I'm headed back out to the car, and then on my way back out to the car, Sister Liz, mind you, I'm in a hurry. I was stopped by this gentleman that asked to see a receipt for the items that I had purchased. And at first, I was feeling some, some type of way. I was a little bit shocked, and I didn't even have the time anyway. You know how you, you say to yourself, now, wait, wait a minute. So I had a wait a minute spirit, a, a receipt for what? Just that quick, I, I couldn't remember what, what I had done with the receipt, whether I even grabbed it from the checkout line or not. And listen, I don't know about you, but do you realize nowadays it's so hard to keep up with receipts? Nowadays, listen, there's so many methods now that you can get a receipt. Brandon, listen, they will email it to you. They will text you the receipt. You can get a hard copy, or you can just go without one. But, but listen, he stopped and asked for a receipt. I'm like, listen, I don't need to give you a receipt. Let, let me get out my phone because, listen, I, I need to get on live. I need a witness. Let, let me call first G. I just need somebody just to be a witness. But then I remembered the words that Jesus spoke when he said that the meek shall inherit the earth. So I changed my mood. And so this time when he asked me again, sir, do you have a receipt? What do you think my response was to the sales associate? My, my response was, I got receipts. I got receipts. If you don't get anything else today, understand that a receipt serves as proof of receiving a particular service, a particular product, or a particular good. Listen, a receipt serves really as proof of a transaction. A receipt is a historical record that an exchange has taken place. So John begins chapter 4 setting the stage with a recent receipt. Uh, remember now that each of these Gospels, they all wrote from their individual perspectives, but John liked to focus on the receipts of God. He, he liked to focus on the miracles, the, the miracles that God performed. Jesus was performing miracles, and that really wasn't uncommon to the disciples, but up till now, the only receipt uh, of Jesus operating in Cana was at the wedding was at the wedding. And the Bible says that Jesus was at the wedding, and you know the story. We, we preached about it before when you just need more wine. They, they were at the wedding, and they ran out of wine. You got to get this, though, because the Bible says that when they ran out of wine, Jesus turned the water into wine. And when Jesus turned the water into wine, the Bible says that it was the best wine. So get this now that in John's gospel, John focuses now on seven miracles performed by Jesus. And you've got to get this because in each miracle that Jesus was involved in, it didn't turn out just to be good, but it always turned out to be the best. 
In other words, each miracle, Jesus always managed to exceed the need. You, you got to get this. Jesus always managed to exceed the need. Jesus always exceeded the need for the man at the pool of Bethesda. He, he just wanted to walk, but God gave him strength in his legs and a ministry. Listen, there were a few folks by the poolside that were having a little bit of hunger pains, but God prepared a table and a meal for all 5,000. Sometimes if we can just get to the place that we can trust God to meet the need, we'll, we'll discover that he already has a plan in motion to exceed the need. Where are the folk today that's got a need? Anybody rolled up in this place today with a need that you need from God and you, you need God to meet the need? You, you need a miracle. Let, let God put a miracle on it. You, you want it to just turn out good, but if God gets his hands on it, if Jesus is involved, you, you can expect Jesus to exceed the expectations. Not, not just good, but the Bible says the best. So we've got to get to this place first now where we're able to let go and let God. When God first gets a hold of it, you, you can expect it to turn out better than you thought. Not just good, but the best. So John sets the stage by telling us that Jesus is back in Cana again. And while he's back in Cana, the Bible says that he encounters an officer. He encounters an officer, the city official that lived in Capernaum, had come all the way to Cana and was looking for a man named Jesus. Now, unless this official was at the wedding, this was his first time encountering Jesus. I asked myself, Elder, how in the world would this man have known to go looking for a fella named Jesus? Some kind of a way this brother knew that Jesus worked miracles. And unless he was at the wedding, the only way he would have known that Jesus was a miracle worker was if he had heard about the first miracle that Jesus performed. Now, my Bible tells me that he traveled all the way from Capernaum. He's, he's traveled now about 20 miles. And so what that equates to walking is about 16 hours of travel time by foot. And all he was operating on was what he heard, that Jesus could do something. And when he heard that Jesus could meet a need, it began to activate something inside of him. Sometimes, though, listen, that's our problem we, with our sight. We're we're focused on the things that we see, and we tend to operate on what it is that we see instead of responding to what it is that we hear. You've got to get this now, though, because our vision takes up and accounts for about 80% of the way that our body and our brain processes information. And so it's our sight that's one of the most important senses that we have. But because our sight is one of the most important senses that we have, recognize now that our sight is also one of the most important tactics that the enemy will use is to distract and distort our vision. So our primary sense is our vision is what the enemy will use to distort us. But And that's the thing, while we can't move 
move on what it is that we see. We, we've got to operate on what it is that we hear. We, we like to wait until we see it before we move to a place of believing it. But hearing is a little bit different. you you got to get this. Hearing takes a little bit of a different process than sight does because hearing is when sound waves enter in through the ear canal. And it's not until the sound connects with the eardrum. The eardrum then passes vibrations through the middle of the ear bones into the inner ear. Listen, that sound has the ability to get down on the inside. We're moved by what we see, but God needs sound to get down on the inside. If something can get down on the inside, you won't be moved by what you see, but you'll be moved by what you've heard because what you've heard has a tendency to permeate down on the inside. Up until now, he had no receipt of what Jesus could do except what he heard. The Bible says that he went to Jesus and begged him to come to Capernaum and heal his son. The Bible says that his son was almost dead. Can we take just a couple of minutes and focus on the father? John felt the need to let us know that, listen, he wasn't just any man, but he was a royal official. In other words, Sister Liz, he had a little bit of rank in the king's court. In other words, he had a little bit of resources. In other words, he, he didn't have the basic Obama, but what he had was the Humana plan. And In other words, he had access to some other resources because of who he was connected to. But listen, sometimes even with all of the resources that you have, even with all of the money and all of the things that we think we have acquired, every now and then we'll face a situation that looks like it's almost dead. You, you ever have a situation in your life that looks almost dead? It looks like you'll never bounce back from it. It looks like that thing will never work out the way that it was supposed to. It looks like it's almost dead. This was the situation that this father was facing. And his son is about to die. And there's nothing that the father can do about it. So he comes to find Jesus. The situation that's out of his control. He's now exhausted all of his help. He says, God, I need you to come and see about my son. Come down before he dies. Something down on the inside of the father knew that he was facing a deadly situation. Sometimes life is like that for us, right? Where life can be so traumatic that it almost looks deadly. Physical death in a sense. But maybe something inside of us that the enemy wants to just let die. Gifts and visions and dreams and family and resources have all dried up. Father, standing in the need of a miracle because of a situation that looks dead. The Father, 
is standing in the need of a miracle because of a situation that he's facing almost looks dead. Is, is this thing on? Let me, let me say this again. Have you ever been in a situation where it almost looked dead? They, they lied on you and you didn't think you would ever recover? They talked about you and you didn't think y'all could ever reconcile. Listen, they counted you out. They left you for dead. They didn't come back to see about you, to pick you up, to give you a helping hand, to pray for you. Anybody ever been in a situation where it didn't look good? I, I had a good job. I looked good. I smelled good. But they still left me for dead. It looked like a deadly situation. He comes to find Jesus because he realizes that if anyone can fix it, Jesus can. He, he's a royal official. He belonged to the king's court, but even the boss had to wait because he had to get to Jesus. can only imagine what this father must have felt after spending his money on temporary fixes. After spending his time on temporary solutions, you, you know how we do. Y'all looking at me real funny like y'all can't relate, but you ever, listen, had yourself in a situation where you knew you needed something bigger than yourself, but listen, let, let me just find a temporary fix. Let, let me just settle for just something that will just get me through till I can figure out the next move. But he had a miracle that he was in need of, and while he was a high-ranking official, he knew that if anyone can do anything about it, it would be Jesus and Jesus alone. He, he didn't allow who he was to keep him from getting to Jesus. That, that's why Paul says, what then shall we say? That if God be for us, who can be against us? What then shall separate us from the love of God? But then I, I, I need you to catch what Jesus says in response to the Father that has a need. Byron, can we, can we put that verse back up, please? This is what, this is what Jesus said. Jesus, Jesus said this. Jesus said to him, you people must see signs and miracles before you will believe in me. Can, can I pause right here for a second? Because this is, this is Jesus in rare form here. This, this, is, this is savage Jesus. Some of y'all should relate to savage Jesus. Some of us are savages, right? This is, this is savage Jesus. Jesus gets a little bit disturbing right here. This, this is a little bit harsh. This, this brother traveled 20 miles for a miracle, and Jesus tells him, you people, all you want to see are miracles, at first, it looks like Jesus isn't all that eager to, to help this man. But then I begin to ask myself, Minister White, what made Jesus say what he said? I thought about this because even Jesus himself said in John that what? That a prophet is without honor in his own home. Maybe Jesus was unsure how people would receive him performing miracles. 
after all, this was the second miracle in Cana. This, this was still a, a new place. This, this was still a new place. This was still something new for him. And sometimes we do. We get like that too. We get to a new place. And we, we aren't sure how people are going to receive us. We, we aren't sure how they're going to receive our personality or our level of gift or our level of anointing. And so in order for his response to make sense, you must understand that there was a circus atmosphere that was beginning to develop around Jesus. People were hearing about him and the news was traveling fast, that a man named Jesus was performing miracles. You, you got to get this now because these folks were more interested in the sign than they were more interested in the Savior. Jesus's frustration came in because these people didn't want relationship, but what they wanted was relief from their situations. Sometimes we too get like that where we, we don't want relationship, but we, we just want God to fix our situation. We, we just want God to move on our behalf. And so Jesus is frustrated. He's frustrated. He says, listen, I don't need you to love me for what I can do, but I need you to love me for who I am. Jesus didn't come to perform signs, but Jesus came to save. He came to save. Jesus right here in verse 45 didn't unwaver and his purpose. He was clear about his assignment. That's why here we are just a few verses before this at the wedding at Cana. He told his mom that my hour has not yet come. This is why you've got to understand why purpose is so important. Jesus at first interprets this royal official's presence to be just like the rest of the Galilee people. They only wanted to see miracles, but yet they rejected the miracle worker. Jesus says in his word, to come follow me. In other words, we've got this thing all wrong where we live in a society where seeing is believing. But then Jesus says that you've got to believe first before you can see. So Jesus now, he snaps out a little bit on the crowd. But I need you to notice now how his savagery shifts. The father showed up hoping to see a miracle. But Jesus says, if you love me, you'll hear it before you see it. Jesus now is testing the official. He came looking for a miracle in the place where people love to see signs. In other words, unbelievers don't love God. They use God. They needed to see a miracle first 
before they made a decision to believe second. But what I love right here is verse 49. Do you notice that that this official is completely unfazed by the response of Jesus? He he doesn't even address what Jesus said. He, he continued to petition what the Lord said. The officer said, come before my child dies. You, th- this brother is completely unbothered by the response of Jesus. In fact, he simply reiterates his request. You, you got to get this, though, because Jesus then answered him and said, go, your son will live. Jesus doesn't go back with the man to Capernaum. But Jesus gives him a gift. Jesus tells the man, go, your son will live. And you got to get this with miracles, because up until now, every miracle that people had received had been a point of contact. Every miracle that has been recorded up until now, some human contact had been made. But Jesus doesn't go back to Capernaum with him. Instead, Jesus tells the man to go because your son will live. You you got this? Jesus heals the son from a distance. You've been a little bit feeling like you've been far from God. You've been feeling like you and God maybe have been a little bit distant. But the word of God declares that Jesus is able to heal from a distance. The great thing about God's word is the Bible says that, listen, it reaches to the highest mountain. It, It flows to the lowest valley. God didn't have to show up. God just had to speak. You, you got to get this because in times past, the prophet had to be present. Elijah had to lay hands on Zarephath's widow. Elisha had to do the same with the Shunammite's widow. Listen, Moses had, had to throw wood into the water. You, you've been looking for God's presence when all God has to do is speak a word. Able to to speak it, tells this father, nothing else except to go. Sometimes the spirit of conviction should fall upon us. Because there's times in our lives where we've been waiting for God to move in our situation. But sometimes God just wants to see if you'll go. And go on nothing else except based on what he's spoken. God's power was at the official's disposal. But it was up to the official to believe the word of Jesus. Word of God declares in Psalm that what God's word is magnified above his name. 
You've been anxious instead of taking him at his word. You've been worried instead of taking him at his word. You, you've been trying to figure it out all by yourself instead of taking him at his word. It's one thing to believe in miracles, but it's something else when you're committed to his word. I'm, I'm not talking to the folk that's holding on to a miracle today, but I'm talking to the folk that's holding on to the word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It, it's your word that's a light unto my path. I, I'm praying for you to move, but God, I need to hold on to your word. I'm, I'm looking for a miracle, but what I really need is your word. If I get your word, it's your word that has your promises. It's your word that I'll find my purpose. It's your word that I will come out of whatever it is that I'm in. Father, I can't hold on to what I see, but God, I've got to hold on to your word. It's his word. All the father had at this point, at this point, at this point, was nothing but the word. This, this thing is so good because... The Bible says that at the word, Jesus said what? Your son is healed. Go back home because he's healed. I can't imagine what this father must have felt to have traveled all this way expecting to see a miracle. And all he got was a word that everything was all right. You, you got to get this because some of us sometimes, listen, we get at a place where we get stuck even at what we heard God speak. I'm, I'm talking to the people that can really understand what God is telling him to do. Listen, this father didn't abandon the issue even though he didn't see the miracle, but he had to go back and see for himself. Some, sometimes in life, it's easy just to give up and throw in the towel, but every now and then, God will send you back. Every now and then, God needs you to circle back around to, to some things that you abandoned. God, God needs you to go back and check it out. Every now and then, it's some folk that you left for dead. It, it's some things that you gave up on. It, it's some visions that you let up abruptly in. It, it's some stuff that was down on the inside. You thought it wouldn't work the last time. And because it didn't work the last time, you thought it never will work. But the Bible says that God said, go back. It's some stuff you gave up on. Go back and pick it up. It's some stuff you walked away from. Go back. It's some stuff you refuse to believe. Go back. It's some stuff that you gave up on. Somebody shout, go back, go back, go back. It wasn't your time then, but I believe it's your time now. You got to go back. If you go back, it will look different than the way you left it. Go back, go back. So you got to get this because this father didn't abandon the issue, but he went back to it. Sometimes things look a little bit different when we go back. This, this official now, he, he was between a rock and a hard place. He was between a rock and a hard place. He heard about the miracle, but he didn't see it yet. In fact, the miracle worker sent him away, not without a sign, but with nothing else but a word. And here is where we all play a part. Much like this official, 
This official now had to make a decision. I don't know about you, but one thing I'm discovering, Minister Bussey, is that life is full of decisions. So he had to make a decision. His decision that he was dealing with now was choosing between the evidence of what he just left and, and, and against the exercise against the word he had just received. He believed the word that Jesus had spoke and went on his way. That's the thing about faith. That's the thing about faith. Faith is the unseen. Faith is just when you tap into something when, when you don't even see it. And so to believe it is to see it before you physically see it. But you know, again, we, we, we live in this see it to believe it type of society. If we don't see the fruit that it's yielding first. We, we don't finish the race. If we don't see what it's producing first, we're, we're more prone to, to quit. But the Christian approach is believing than we see. Can I, can I focus in on this father just a little bit more? Is that all right? Y'all got about 10 more minutes? 10 more minutes. Jesus Savage Jesus, savage Jesus, was a bit of a savage. But I want to put emphasis now on the father's request. He asked Jesus to come back with him to Capernaum because his son is almost dead. Y'all really miss when the shout. The father doesn't get what he asked for. Jesus never went back to Capernaum with him. Jesus never volunteered Sister Liz to go back to Capernaum, but nevertheless, the man leaves and begins returning home at the word of Jesus. The only assurance that he has at this point is the word. That's all he had was, was the word. I believe here, that Jesus wanted something a little bit more for this man than just the healing of his son. Jesus didn't just give him what he asked for, but Jesus gave him what he needed. My Bible tells me that as he went, something happened. As he went, Elder E, the Bible says that his servant met him with a receipt. So, he didn't just get a word, Elder E, but he also got a receipt. 
Remember now that a receipt serves as proof or evidence of a purchase. A receipt now is when you made a purchase for something, and the receipt is the proof of what it cost you. You, 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 you really missing a real good place to, to shout amen. This is the shout piece because only people know what it cost you. Only you know the price that you paid for the miracle that you have. You, some folk are sitting here looking real pretty today, but where are the folk that can and sit real pretty, really with the understanding that, baby, I don't look like what I've been through. I got, I've been through some stuff, and it cost me some stuff, but I was waiting on the receipt for the confirmation that, God, you would do just what you said. Where, where are the folk that know that, listen, I, I, I had almost given up. You, you really don't understand. I wanted to throw in the towel, and I really wanted to quit, but thank God that God sent a receipt. Where are the folk that this isn't your first rodeo? This isn't your first encounter. You knew the ways God's made before. You know the doors God's opened before. You know the recovery God's recovered before. You know the healing God gave you before. You know the money God sent in the mail before. You've been worried about some stuff. But why are you worried when you have receipts? This isn't your first rodeo. This ain't the first time you've been this broke. This ain't the first time you've been this lonely. This ain't the first time you've been this confused. But I got receipts. Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. I don't have to stay here. I don't have to die here. I don't have to give up here. I don't have to quit here. I've got receipts. I've got a record. There's a running report. I can think back to the ways God made before, how he looked out for me before, how he kept my kids before, how he kept my mind before. I was in some places that I should have lost my mind, but thank God for a receipt that he didn't leave me where I was. If he didn't leave me there then, he won't leave me there now. Now unto him with a God that walks with me, with a God that talks with me. I've got receipts. Somebody ought to thank God for receipts. Somebody really ought to thank God for receipts. Listen, take just a minute and think back. You think back to the stuff that you needed a miracle before the last time. And the fact that you're sitting here today is a testament that the storm didn't outlast you but you outlasted it. That's a receipt. The fact that you made it here all the way to 949 through danger seen and unseen. God is a keeper. That's a receipt. I slept last night, woke up this morning, and realized I left my keys in the door. All night long, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, that's a receipt. God, you've made ways before. You've protected me before. You've covered me before. You've looked out for me before. This isn't my first rodeo. I've been here before. And God, if you did it before, you'll do it again. God, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. We've got receipts. 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 It's going to get better. You got receipts. 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 
I like that thing, Bussy. I don't have to lose my mind because we got history. I don't have to lose any sleep at night because we got history. And because we got history, we've been here before. I've been hurt before. I've been sad before. I've been lonely before. I've been broke before. I've been struggling before. But because he made a way before. Listen, and the best part is, I'm so glad that Jesus can handle my stuff from a distance. I'm so glad that, Father, you can stretch your hand and touch my situation even from a distance. It's out of control to me, but it's in control to him. He knows how to take that thing that the enemy wanted to take and turn it upside down and bring it right side up. He knows how to take that thing that the enemy tried to destroy and fix it up. Don't you lose any sleep. Don't you worry anymore. God's got you. You've got receipts. 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 Thank God for receipts. The Bible says that Jesus owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Listen, that means even when my back is up against the wall, and I don't know how I'm going to make it, Father, not only are you the God of the hill, but God, you even own the cattle. So the question ought to be, whether or not God is able to provide. But the question maybe ought to be, God, when will God provide? Because, God, we've got receipts. When you, you think back. When I didn't have it, when I didn't know how, when I didn't know why, when I didn't know when, Father, you spoke a word, and even from a distance, nothing is too hard for him. And what I love, you know what I love, Mother? I love that God will do just what he spoke. God will do just what he spoke. He'll do it. He'll do it. He's done it before. That's how much he loves us. That, Father, you'll part the Red Sea for me. We got history. You, you've parted it before. God, you'll walk on water. Father, you'll go across the railroad tracks. 
you'll empty the whale of a belly for me. Father, you'll empty a tomb. If he did it before, he'll do it again. Listen. Check your receipts. Check your receipts. Your receipt is proof of a transaction that's taken place. Pull those receipts out. I've been in this place before. And I don't have to give up in this place. Because he brought me out before. Bible says that the servant, the official, asked the servant, what time was it that my boy started getting healed? The prophet servant said it was at one o'clock. Same time that Jesus spoke the word. Hold on to what God spoke to you. Hold on to what God spoke to you. Don't let what you see waver you. Don't let what you see distract you. The Bible says that faith come by hearing. So, Father, we need to hear you in this place. As we stand to our feet all over this building, that, Father, you take our eyes off what we see. And, Father, you put our hearts and our ears on hearing you. Because, Father, when you speak, everything has to change. And the reason why things haven't changed isn't because you haven't been speaking, but the reason why things haven't been changing is because we haven't been listening. So, Father, open our ears to hear you speak today. That, Father, whatever it is that we need, we won't make moves based on what we see. But, Father, we'll make moves, God, based on what we hear. So speak to us. Father, you speak to our health today. Father, you speak to our marriages today. Father, you speak to high blood pressure. You speak to diabetes. You speak to multiple sclerosis. You speak to cancer. You speak to every illness that we face in this place. Father, you speak to defeat. You speak to doubt. You speak to fear. You speak to worry. You speak to disturbances, Father. You speak to division. You speak to defensiveness. Father, you speak because, Father, we need to hear you. That we won't move 
based on what we see. Father, give us ears, ears to hear. We open the altar now. And invite you just to take a minute, just to pray to your God. I pray in this place for a spirit of clarity. That, Father, when you speak, I'm clear.